0: Okay, so this is Vibes Revealed, episode 16. And today we're talking about abundance. That was literally the fourth time that I said that. (laughs) I hope this one goes through.
1: I think that was the one. I think that was great. It sounded that was the take. (laughs) Yeah, sounded good to me. Well, we're gonna definitely go with this take. So yeah, we talked about abundance in this episode and it was a lovely convo. We had a guest.
0: Yay, we had a guest, one of my best friends from college. I you'll hear all about it in the episode, but I love him to death and it was an honor. To, he's a businessman. And okay, yeah, we talk about this a little bit on the episode, but when we say businessman, we mean like full-blown corporate world, like capitalism.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we honestly, we could definitely do a part 2 where we get into capitalism a little bit more but we mostly talked about abundance
0: and literally like what abundance means to us and of course we talked a lot about money yeah it was interesting to have him on as a guest as someone who does not live paycheck to paycheck does not yeah struggle for money no struggle there and I think that was kind of when Taylor and I were talking about making this episode I was like wouldn't it be interesting to talk about abundance to someone who isn't necessarily calling in abundance in the form of like someone please hand me a million dollars because he already has it (laughs) 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 not a million I don't know his net worth but it is and it's an interesting perspective it's very different from ours and so naturally the conversation did what it always does and went in fun places that were further hitherto unexplored
1: yeah yeah it was I think you covered it. I think you said everything that I could say. So the thing, so I was, I have a note that I wanted to say, because we didn't say this in the episode, but I think that I wrote it down. So I'm going to read it um, the way that I meant to say it. Um, Something we didn't explicitly talk about, which I think this actually gets to the root of the problem that we have with a lot of these sort of wellnessy buzzwords is that a lot of times the courses or classes or programs that we see uh, presented to help people like work through these issues, you know, especially talking about abundance, we see a lot of courses around like, you know, even how to get comfortable with money and calling in abundance and stuff like that. But I think the problem we have with it is that like a lot of those things don't acknowledge the systemic issue in the first place. And I think that that really gets to the core of, of why we feel the way we feel about a lot of these words is because there's not a lot of acknowledgement of systems that prevent everyone from coming at it from the same place.
0: Right. I like that you 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 brought in the right words, the keywords. I think I feel like we danced around the topic and then never, you know, called it out by name.
1: I think I mean sometimes we did, and it's also I realize how hard it is sometimes in the moment when everyone's just talking to actually say the thing that in your brain you think you want to say. And when I was listening back and had the, the time to like type that out, I was like, oh, that was, a, that was actually what I wanted to say about abundance was like a lot of times when we talk about it, we don't talk about the systems that prevent people from feeling abundant or-
0: yeah, From being ex- able to access abundance. Yes, exactly. So I just wanted to say that. Wow, I'm so glad you called that out. And this is like a good reminder for us to take notes before our (laughs) before we record our podcast yeah right from here on out I might do that you know just take a couple notes like key points we never do that full transparency that has not been done since episode two for me I don't know (laughs) actually no since episode since the um I think I took notes a lot on the trigger episode and since then it was just no, shooting from the hip. <laughs> by
1: the yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes I have notes, but I don't do a very good job of following them. Like mm-hmm. I follow the outline that's written, but I don't always follow my notes or questions. Or and then also I'm trying to like I'm trying to get it down into a, an amount of time that people will listen to, and can already hear them just fast forwarding through this intro right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so with that being said, well, episode yeah.
1: sixteen. <laughs> We'll let you get to it. Abundance.
0: Enjoy. Welcome to Vibes Revealed, a podcast dedicated to pulling back the veil around wellness with your hosts, Taylor McKiska and Jay Tolette.
1: We believe living
0: well is for everyone and no topic is taboo. Join us on our journey as we redefine what it means to be truly well in a modern world. We're celebrating everyday magic but always keeping it real.
1: Let's vibe. Yay, this is Vibes Revealed, episode 16? 16. Cool. Vibes Revealed, episode 16. Today we are talking about abundance, and we have a guest. Yay!
2: Hello. (laughs) I love the number 16.
0: I am very excited about this guest because he is my best friend from college and one of my best friends in life. We, I mean, Taylor, this is going to be news to you, but we are actually ceremonially married. (laughs) Shane and I have been married since our senior year of college. I have our ring right here. Wow. There it is that is made out of a coffee stirring straw because Shane and I met at a retreat for people who were presidents of their sororities and fraternities. And it was love at first sight, but not romantic love, but best friendship love. And we've been best friends ever since. I demanded that we get married that night so that I knew he could never abandon me again. And he didn't, he's still here.
2: (laughs) What was that like? um, That was 10, no, nine years ago
0: that old (laughs) no we are oh my god it was was nine years
2: ago yeah
0: oh okay that hurts we should be
2: celebrating that that's a very successful marriage right there
0: yeah that's huge actually we've been married for nine years but anyway shane please take it away and introduce yourself tell us who you are what you do and how you are connected to the world of wellness and spirituality yeah
2: wow um well, first of all thank you to the both of you for having me I'm quite excited to be joining um, I'm connected to the world of spirit spirituality and wellness in uh, in many ways and um, one of one of those ways is through you Jay um, through um, you you've always been a very good uh, wife partner and uh, you know spiritual guide and friend as well um, so again thanks for having me on uh, this is gonna be fun um, A little bit of background on me. So um, I know Jay uh, from Penn, uh, where we were married. Um, And I, uh, you know, outside of uh, getting married during a fraternity and sorority president's retreat, um, studied uh, economics and political science there. Um, I now live in New York City, where I just returned to um, after a six month uh, sabbatical living in Miami. In other words, escaping New York City during COVID-19. Uh, But I just returned yesterday uh, and moved into a new apartment in uh, in Nolita in New York City, which is pretty cool. The apartment's amazing. And um, I work in where I am now in One World Trade Center on the 75th floor for a company called Wonderkind, um, which is a marketing technology company. And um, I've been working for them since 2014. Started at this company when we were about 20 people. And uh, now the company is at like 400 something people. So it's been uh, quite the ride. To tack back on spirituality and and wellness, um, I happen to have an amazing therapist who I've been working with for about a year and a half now and um, went to him when I was kind of in a period in life where I was not entirely satisfied with everything that I was um, accomplishing. Like felt like I was living a perfectly good and happy life, but kind of wanted to figure out how to make it to the next level um, and needed some guidance to do so. And this guy, his name is Jason, um, has just been an incredible guide, both for accountability and kind of normal talk therapy, but also as a spiritual guide as well. Um, And has really helped me uh, to embrace meditation as a practice, um, to find great spirituality within that within myself within my surroundings um and cultivate real gratitude in this life as opposed to just looking at it as a journey of of kind of benchmarks and um different milestones that one must achieve um and to become much more multi-dimensional um so yeah it's been it's been great and it's uh, as you know a lifetime yearning. yeah and I think I just got also very lucky because I don't think everyone's therapist is that way. I think most, uh, most people have just kind of normal talk therapists who they go to and like give all of their problems. And then the therapist is like, here's what you should do. Mine never tells me to do anything. He just sim- simply guides me within myself and um, almost kind of like has me reprogram my own thoughts and habits through through spirituality and through finding kind of like higher meaning um and things so yeah i'm most certainly lucky in
0: that you lucked out on i did I had <laughs> several therapists who didn't do shit for me but like let's not talk about my my feelings about my therapy experiences that's for another episode <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean you could do endless episodes on therapy experiences
0: that's an idea before
1: we get too deep into our uh, topic of abundance today, which I'm very excited to talk to you about. Um, yeah, when you were talking about your, the the kind of journey that you know we all continue to be on and talking about benchmarks and all of those sorts of things, I think that we are gonna get to definitely uh, get into this topic in like a very interesting way. But before we do. Um... I want to do our card of the convo just to see where we are.
2: Yeah, I'm very excited for this.
0: Shane, what's your experience with tarot? Have you ever had a reading?
2: So I went through a very brief period in life where I thought I was like a magician and also was like reading people's palms and certainly dabbled with tarot for a hot second, but recall nothing about um, how it works or what any of the cards mean, so Um, I'm extremely excited, but I'm essentially a blank slate.
0: Wait, Shane, I love that about you. And you talk about how you're discovering that you're multifaceted. And I just want to say, you've always been multifaceted (laughs) to me. I was like, this guy, when I met you, I was like, this guy is multifaceted. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fact that you had your magician phase cracks me up and it, I'm also just like, that is so Shane and so perfect.
2: Yeah, my inner child's like out of control. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I want to do all these things. <laughs>
0: totally, oh my God,
1: really?
2: Yeah.
0: All right, let's do the card of the combo.
1: Yes, so this is going to be something that can ground us into this conversation, something we can refer back to, something to kind of set the tone for us as we talk about abundance. I love this as our card of the convo. It's justice.
2: Ooh. Oh boy.
1: Yeah, I feel like talking about justice. Wow. Um, justice has always been one of the more complicated cards for me because I think that it has a lot more to do with personal responsibility than like fairness. Yeah, exactly. Like it's sort of saying like, it's your job to tip the scales, right? Mm-hmm. However they need to balance out and that different different things weigh different amounts. And I think that when you're talking about balance and justice and fairness, it's really important to keep in mind the sort of like responsibility that you have to notice what's on the scales and what needs to be readjusted. I think that that's it too. It's not so much about balance as it is about like realignment and readjusting. Mm.
0: Wow. I mean, that's the best description that anyone could have possibly given. I don't even think I have more to add. Wow. I, I feel that so deeply. Justice was coming up for me a lot, like around May or June, I was pulling justice a lot. And I was like, something doesn't feel right. Because I think I was seeking like, what is fair, you know, like, and thinking that justice was going to like slam down the gavel and be like, this is what's right. And then you start to come up to all the answers there. There is no, there is no right answer. There is no justice in quotes. There's just like what you can accept, what you're ready to let go of, what like how you are going to balance the scales of your own life and, and recognize that it's going to ripple out and affect other people, but it's not like some overarching hammer of justice, which is I think what we want and what we expect.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of like on the, to just go right into abundance. It's sort of like when we talk about cultivating abundance, it's almost like we're waiting for the sky to drop. Mm. You know, when we talk about like, Oh, I'm manifesting abundance. It's like, we're waiting for someone else to like hand us a s- stacks of hundred dollar bills. <sighs> and like, it's the same with justice. Like you, you don't waiting for the, the hammer to drop. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. You have to take some sort of like personal responsibility for making it happen.
0: Yes so we all take personal responsibility here and we all take we all acknowledge the fact that all of our opinions on abundance are going to be different all of our our measures for what an abundant life is are going to be different it's just it's such a it's such a term that carries so much weight literally the word abundance it's like a a weight of things and it's like it weighs something different to all of us for sure what a great card for this conversation. I know. Wow. Doesn't this shit work sometimes?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So we're talking about abundance. And the first question I wanted to ask, like right off the bat, and we can all weigh in.
0: Oh, wait. What? I forgot to add, Are we going to ask a, a temperature taker? Are we going to ask how we're doing? Yeah. You had a question, right? I had one. I had one because it's it's so necessary for me okay I I need to do it so what is something that you are grateful for this week are you asking yeah you go first Shane
2: wow there's so much to be grateful for um I'm particularly grateful for my own autonomy um I think this is a very uh timely thing to be grateful for. Um, I mean, I just literally just returned to what I consider my home city, New York City, um, from being able to do six months somewhere else. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for my ability to have been able to, to do that and um, realize that that comes with a world of privilege to be able to leave your city for really only to find better circumstances temporarily somewhere else. Um, You know, in, in June, Florida was looking like it was going to be a better place to be than New York City. Um, And the privilege that comes with being able to leave and then come back and be grateful for having been able to leave and then um, grateful to be welcomed back here in New York City as well um, is just so, it's just, um, you know, not not everybody can do that. So I'm very grateful for that today.
0: Love that. Welcome home, Shane. Thank you. What about you, Taylor?
1: I'm very grateful to be staying in this house right now. So I'm not in my own home. I'm in someone else's house. Um, and it has this lovely backyard. And my apartment does not have a backyard. So it has been such a treat to, like, wake up every morning. And the bedroom that I'm sleeping in like has French doors that walk out into the backyard so it's like I've been waking up and making coffee and like walking out into the backyard and spending a lot of time out there which has been amazing and I know I already told you the story Jay but it feels so it just felt so special to me like I was back there the other day and this hawk flew in like I'm in Hollywood like dead Mm -hmm. Hollywood I'm between Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard And this hawk, like a red-tailed hawk flew into the backyard and I was completely in shock Um, because it just felt so significant. This like beautiful big like bird of prey like swooped into the backyard and landed on the fence and then just sat there for a minute and I was just like watching it and then it flew away. And it felt like such a sign of something, like it felt so significant, but I just felt I felt like really grateful that this bird like showed up in front of me. And then also just to like have the outdoor space and get to feel like a little bit in nature, having this backyard. Um, Yeah, it just felt, it felt so wild to be like, I'm literally in the middle of Hollywood right now. Like, and there's still birds and little animals running around. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. It's been so nice. What about
0: you, Jay? Oh my God. There is so much to be grateful for. I mean, the reason I asked the question is because I'm experiencing such acute anxiety. I talked to Taylor about this this morning for uh, several hours actually, but like I'm, I'm experiencing probably the most anxiety that I've experienced in the past couple of years, at least in 2019 and 2020, like this week alone, I've been like oh my god I now I remember what it feels like to be in a state of acute anxiety all the time and for a while that had like dissipated in my life so I was like you need to start speaking your gratitude more or this feeling is going to come for you more and more but I think something I'm really grateful for is um my my childhood experience (laughs) And I'm saying this now, even though I had a lot of weird shit happen in my childhood and it wasn't completely normal, but my mom and I are decorating the house for Christmas right now. And I am just being transported back into like my childhood memories of just like the best Christmases ever. Like... And I really owe that to my mom. And the older I get, the more I realize I was like, this is just not what people do. Like our house looks like fucking winter wonderland. It's more beautiful than like Disneyland at Christmas. Like every banister has garlands and lights and flashings and icicles and golden things and nativities in every, like the whole second fireplace is filled with like this giant, Christmas village that my mom's been collecting pieces for, for years. And I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky that we have all this stuff. I'm so lucky that we've had all this stuff since I was born. I don't, I can't remember a Christmas when my house didn't look like this. And I took it for granted for so long. And this year, and like, I remember we used to have to put up the decorations with my mom when we were kids and my sisters and I would be like, Oh fuck. We have to put up the Christmas decorations. This sucks. It takes a full day. It's, it's so boring, It's so tedious, but now I'm just like doing it. I have to do it piece by piece because I can't do anything all at once. It's just like, it's not in me to like do a full project. Whereas my mom's like, let's do it in a day. And I'm like, let's do five minutes a day. But like just putting them up, there's been no part of me that has been like, I don't want to do this. I'm so happy that I'm doing it. I'm so happy that with each thing that I hang, my house looks more and more beautiful. And I'm like, I am so fucking lucky. And grateful to be in this house and to have these decorations and to have these memories of just these experiences of just the most wonderful Christmases ever. So that's what I'm grateful for right now.
1: I love that. Yeah, I'm also so glad that you asked that before we started this conversation because I think that like expressing gratitude before we talk about abundance is just like a karmically good thing to do. <laughs>
0: And I'm also about to get so sassy in this episode because abundance for me is one of those topics where I'm like, this needs to be unpacked. (laughs) Well, let's
2: Let's unpack it. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: The first question I wanted to ask is what do you associate with the word abundance? Like when you hear abundance, what do you think of?
2: I literally think of the horn of plenty. Cornucopia.
1: Same. I thought I thought that I was so like stupid for thinking that, but I was think when I was sitting out in the backyard this morning, I was like, "What do I think of when I think of abundance?" And I was like, "I think of a cornucopia." Like I Mm -hmm. picture the like like a cartoon version of it.
2: Yeah. Do Do we know why that is? Because same. Also, a cartoon version.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I do have a very vivid memory of being in kindergarten and like um, making sort of a like collage version of a cornucopia and feeling um, I was always a kid who was like very proud of my own art like Mm -hmm. when I went to a project at school I would bring it home and think that it was like genius I thought that I was an amazing artist and I brought that home and I was just like isn't this incredible and beautiful my parents were like yeah like it's fine you know um that's my first memory of cornucopia and like knowing what it was and feeling connected to it but I have no idea what that has to do with abundance.
2: Yeah it's a very interesting because I don't I don't know exactly what it is for me but it's certainly tied to something similar where there was something in very early education where I saw that image and then associated it with the word abundance so.
1: Isn't that okay. like why do they teach us about cornucopias in kindergarten but then like they never teach you how to do your taxes.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I remember doing a really cool cornucopia project too, but my mom had cornucopias like all over the house for around Thanksgiving time. And they were filled with like pomegranates and like potpourri and like pretty fall shit. But okay, I'll speak for the rest of us. <laughs> Literally every single rest of us. When I think of abundance and I hate this, I think of money and i and and that's what i'm like i reject this but i also think of love mm. and and to me like I, I there's just no more of an abundance of anything in the world than like love and so yeah i like when i think of love as abundance but i hate that something that comes up for me almost immediately is money
1: yeah you know another like mental image i get with abundance is And this is also something I used to do as a little kid is like, uh, an overflowing cup. Like I loved to pour my own drinks and I would always fill them too full. And, uh, I think of that all the time when I think of abundance is like, it's overflowing. Like there's just so much that it can't be kept in the container. Mm. Yeah. But I do, I get what you mean about money. I think because I feel like in a lot of ways, abundance has become like a code word for, money especially in
0: spirituality spiritual in the spiritual industry let's call it not in actual spirituality
1: yeah like when you hear people talking about manifesting abundance because no one would ever admit they're trying to like manifest ten thousand dollars you know like (laughs) so they say like oh I'm manifesting abundance or I'm calling in abundance because like no one wants to be like I need ten thousand dollars to
0: buy a new car (laughs) right yeah. I totally feel that way.
2: Yeah. People, sh- I-, I agree with you. I, um, I think the word abundance is certainly over-associated with, um, you know, when you see like on Instagram posts about abundance, it's like always like money will flow into your accounts tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> really? yeah, it's uh, and, and actually Taylor, I think if people did try to manifest more explicitly ten thousand dollars and like had that be their objective they probably would have more success <laughs> if they stopped trying to call it abundance honestly mm-hmm. um but yeah abundance is um, it's certainly much more multi-vibrational than just money there's a lot more that uh that goes into it for sure
0: totally
1: yeah i think too when we talk about manifesting abundance when you actually For the most part, I know that like it is not everyone's experience, but I know for me, anytime I've been like, I'm going to manifest abundance, like I really quickly realize how much shit I have. Like I have, I have an overflowing closet and I have overflowing storage things that like I have tons of dishes and an abundance of books and like I realize really quickly and I'm like why am I trying to just keep continuing to ask for like overflow of already shit that I don't use (laughs) like
0: oh my god it's so interesting that you say that because another thing that came up for me when you asked what do you associate with abundance burden (laughs) Um just ticked in the back of my head and i was like oh my god that is so dark don't say that out loud but then as you're saying this i'm like what are we asking for an abundance of because when you're asking for an abundance of something like love then yeah there's plenty of room fill up the space it's it's it you know like it's not taking up space but then we're all on our minimalism journey and less is more and at the end of the day what can money buy you not love things you know and it's like how many more things do i need like i'm actively trying to get things out of my life so this idea of manifesting abundance i'm like you're gonna have to get more specific than that yeah it's such a buzzword it is i think that if we were to do like a random sampling of all the most popular wellness and spirituality instagram posts and did like a word cloud on it, abundance would be the big word in the middle.
1: I'm gonna look up the hashtag abundance and see how many, 5.5 million. Wow.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Followed closely by abundance mindset and manifesting abundance.
0: Yeah, abundance mindset and manifesting abundance are almost exclusively code worded for how to make money quickly.
2: Yeah, I think there's a very, very big difference between, um, you know, kind of going back to what I said when I was introducing myself as, you know, kind of what got me into doing therapy work um, in the middle of 2019 or so. Um, I felt like I was living a very, um, a life that was kind of full of things like money and things like material wealth, but wasn't necessarily very abundant like wasn't necessarily full of self-love or full of me being okay with my own fears or issues or um, you know to take what you said Taylor a little differently like the closet full of shit like the internal closet full of shit right and and learning how to kind of see that as a part of your yourself and to love it and to figure out how to make the best of it, that's much more abundant abundance to me um, than material wealth is. Um, and, you know, it's it really is kind of the, you know, you think of the cornucopia, it's full of different types of fruits and vegetables and all things that you can draw natural energy from. And there's a variety of things, right? Like maybe money can be one of them, but there's also all of these other things like love, um like your relationships like personal development like opportunity it's these are all things that to me go into abundance
1: mm. yeah i'm i'm really excited for this one for you jay <laughs> hot seat what trips you up about hearing the word abundance i
0: feel like it's it really is triggering for me to to talk about i mean because i mean we talked about this already But I just think that there needs to be further delineation. We can't just talk about abundance. And I think for a lot of coaches and a lot of people in the spirituality world, they are doing – and this, I was talking about this with a fellow coach and a friend. We were talking about this this weekend. And it's like you're doing your own thing. You're on your path, and you're like, I'm here to teach about mindfulness. Right. And so you're going on about mindfulness and you're kind of getting not that much traction. You're doing, you know, mindfulness around eating, mindfulness around this. And then one day you decide to host a workshop on mindfulness around abundance. And you talk about money mindset and you talk about ways to improve your relationship with money. And that one event blows everything up. Everyone's like, fuck yeah, this is great. And then suddenly you're a fucking business coach you've gone from being this hyper spiritual person to like oh people just want to hear about money let me change directions and then now we've lost on the true message that you came here to give because you realize that people just want to hear about abundance and they want to hear about how to live an abundant life aka how to make more money and buy the things that they want with that money so I do think of abundance differently like I don't think In my life, the things that I have an abundance of are not money. (laughs) That's just like the fact of it, you know? But I do think that I'm living a very abundant life. And I don't like that abundance and money get equated. And I don't like when I think people also have this attitude of like, your your relationship towards money is really negative. If you just allowed money to flow in your life, you'd be able to give it away so much easier. You'd have be able to spend it on your friends. I'm like, what money are you giving away? <laughs> I haven't seen you give talk about how great it is to give away money now that you're making more money. You know, it's kind of like it's just a big hoax, and it it just feels fallacious. And I'd like to live in a world where a abundance and money are separate but I feel like they've become too conflated so I just don't really talk about abundance
1: yeah I definitely get that it's really interesting to me though because I have seen that happen not that I like know a ton of coaches or follow a lot of coaches but I have definitely seen that shift where like they didn't talk about money at all and then suddenly they talk about money and that's really what people want and I feel like it actually says a lot more about us The person who signs up for the workshop than it does about the coach who decided to make that their business like I think it's really hard and I think that's why we started using abundance as like this code word for money because it's hard to like confront the complicated relationship that a lot of us have with money or resentment that we have towards people who have money or the ways we feel about the ways that people make their money like there's so much that goes into it. And I feel it's, it's just easier to like use the code word than to say like, oh, I have a lot of shit around the ways that I feel about money, <laughs> but I'm curious how, about how I can overcome it without necessarily having to face it. So I'm going to do this like group program by this coach who's just going to teach me how to love money, you know, abundance. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does it trip you up, Shane, to hear? People- yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like tragic. Um, yeah, it's 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 tragic for a number of different reasons. You know, one, it, sh- it should be much easier for people to talk about money because um, money isn't something that's going to, it's, it scares a lot of people, but, you know, the best way to tackle it is like you would any other problem, naming it and, and getting in there and figuring out how to get more of it um, and not putting in what is a much more safer word, like abundance on top of it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's uh, it's sad. Um, <laughs> hopefully some coaches can figure that out.
1: Before we started recording this episode, Jay, one of the questions that you had written down was, is abundance your birthright? And let's, let's explore.
0: Wow. Okay, first of all, this just... this is also something that I put this out there because it's something that also trips me up like okay if abundance is our birthright then we have to define what abundance is um but also who are you to tell me what my birthrights are (laughs) Uh, like and I feel like that's almost like a for me it's been used not as an accusation but like okay it's clear we've we've been through this a lot over the course of this podcast that I am I have my own trips around money and whenever someone's trying to help me heal my money story they seem to think that telling me that abundance is my birthright is like going to solve the problems that I have with money like I deserve to have a lot of money then what about all the people who don't have a lot of money what about their birthright is it because they're not going out and and taking what's theirs because uh, I'm pretty sure they've tried and they're just in some circumstances where like that is not available to them, you know? So I, I, you know, I hesitate to make this entire conversation about how we've equated money and abundance, but even to say abundance is your birthright, not talking about money at all. It's like some people don't have an abundance of clothes to put on their backs. They don't have an abundance of food to eat. And to say that it's our birthright and then not like say how do i access my birthright is it in a system where we have food that's available to every child who goes to school where we have healthcare that's available to every citizen who lives and breathes yeah that would be pretty fucking abundant and that would be our birthright yeah but that would also be socialism yes. I mean, a lot of people aren't ready to have that conversation so yeah. <laughs> it's like Let's not talk about birthrights unless we're ready to call on those claims.
2: Yeah, I actually have a definition that I will put forward at this moment that, because I think it will be an interesting food for this conversation. To me, it's abundance is having a variety of sources from which to draw natural energy from. Um, that can be other people. It can be food. It can be making money. It can be going for a walk. It can be meditating but what makes it my abundance is my ability to know that and to fill my own horn of plenty myself. So to me, I almost feel like it is a birthright um, because everybody has that ability to kind of do that internal work and fill their own horn of plenty with whatever it is that gives them natural energy. Um, Doing that work I think is a birthright. Um, Having lots of resources to draw on to do that is more difficult.
0: Yeah. Resources is a huge part. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: When you said resources, that was the, I think that is is maybe one of the biggest missing pieces of the abundance conversation is the resources that are available and who they are available
0: to. to. You know? mm-hmm.
1: And I think that that's, that's the tough thing about it, that it's like, how do we solve that the how how can we instead of like manifesting abundance like how can we create more
0: resource right yeah wow that right. fully hits the nail Draw- on the head because i think that's what i come to in my my okay so bringing it back to money in my my problems with money are the not the lack of availability, because I know that it's available, but the lack of accessibility to resources that would would bring that money back to you. And I think especially when we're talking about abundance and when we're teaching about abundance, this is when I get to the point where I'm like, if I'm going to tell someone how to get abundance in their life, that's something that I have to do for free, (laughs) assuming that they're at a point where they have zero resources and zero accessibility to anything that will help them get there. If I'm going to help you get there, I have to help you from zero, not from if you have the $3,000 to spend on my my three-month course a pathway from empty to abundant. No, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that comes up for me a lot when I'm just thinking, like, I have an abundance of knowledge to share with my audience, with the people who seek guidance and healing, And a lot of that knowledge came to me for free. It I had to seek it out, but I didn't have to spend money on it. A lot of it I did spend money on, but a lot of it came to me for free, and it was at a time when I really needed it. So I thought I'm really fucking grateful that this came to me when it did, and I I want to pay that forward, you know. And I don't know. This is getting off topic, but I think thinking about abundance, I think. There's so much to be shared that I don't have to charge for it. I give it freely because it's spilling out from me anyway. It's going to either fall on the floor or into the lap of someone who needs it, you know, and that's kind of how I think of an abundance. There's some things that I don't have an abundance of, and I will charge people to give a lot of my time or to, you know, put a lot of effort into creating a workout or sitting for an hour to host a meditation I don't have an abundance of that. I can't do that all the time. But there's other things. There's things that I can say. There's words of encouragement that I can give that are absolutely free because they're just going to go and fall on deaf ears or into the space around me because it's just coming out of me anyway, you know? And I think that, I mean, that's also an important piece of abundance. Like, what what do I have so much of that I just have to put it somewhere else and share it, you know? Sharing comes up when abundance comes up.
1: For sure. Or like, yeah, what do you have so much of that you can like give it away? Yeah. I like that idea a lot. Like I would, can you imagine if there's like a coach's next workshop is like, it's a workshop on abundance and they're just like, okay, you have so much of that you
0: can give it away for free. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's usually not the narrative, but what if we did approach it like that?
2: That's, and that's, that's like your natural abundance. Um, as you were talking, Jay, I was thinking about how your natural abundance can overlap with somebody else's abundance of money. And that's how money flows into your life. When you have so much of something that it's just, and it's so valuable to you that you want to give it away. You probably will find a lot of people who would be willing to to pay for that as well uh, and think nothing of it because it's so abundant within you, but lacking within them. And this is how we fill our horns. We, draw on the resources that others have whether those be natural or not
1: i think that's the hardest thing about uh i mean i know it's like something that both of us really struggle with is like how do i have an ethical spiritual business because it feels like it's impossible like it it really feels like there's not an ethical way to do it but at the same time it is sort of just like which I, I, it's like, that's why we, we do the segment that we do is so that people can, we hope that people can get more comfortable saying like, I need this resource. And sometimes this resource is money. Mm-hmm. I do have this thing that I want to share that I believe is worth a certain dollar amount, but that it feels really like sticky and mm-hmm. it feels really hard to do. I think that's why abundance has become the the thing that we say instead because it feels like dirty to admit that you like need money to buy groceries and pay your bills and you want to you want to make that money by doing and sharing what you are naturally abundant in
2: yeah and that that sharing of the natural abundance is worth far more to the people receiving it than the amount of money that they're paying you
0: but what if they can't pay the money
2: well then that's that's up to you (laughs) do you share or do you not i share yeah always
0: Mm -hmm. i I mean i've never stopped and i have never once felt like like how do i how do i put this i have never once felt like it was more important for me to make money than to share what i was sharing and now i'm getting to the point in my business and this is what i was basically crying to taylor about or what I've been paralyzed about and in this state of anxiety about, I'm getting to the point where it is more important to make money with what I'm doing than to do what I'm doing. And I'm like, that's where I cut the, that's, I literally have, just yeah. stopped. I got to the point and I was like, Oh, I got to pull everything back. I got to stop doing everything because I refuse to be in that position where the making of money becomes more important than the doing. Mm. And I don't really know how to get out of it i mean it comes with being a business owner you get to a point where you're like is this my hobby or am i running a business and i'm there and i'm like "Ooh, shit i think i'd rather have it be a hobby <laughs> and i don't want i don't want that but then like that's what it feels like i want and that's where i'm at yeah
1: wow. so to wrap up this abundance conversation are you abundant are you <laughs> abundant everyone here
2: I feel quite abundant. Gratefully so. Quite abundant.
1: What do you feel like you're most
0: abundant in?
2: Opportunities and challenges, which are to me the same thing.
0: How do you feel like you access abundance?
2: Through gratitude and by slowing down and looking around and just recognizing how many challenges and opportunities I have to truly lead a rich life. Um, one of the many, many sources of, of natural energy. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really through gratitude without, without gratitude. I think it would just be a a lot, you know, a a lot to do (laughs) in life. Um, you know, you, you're just kind of like aimless, you know, life, life is a lot to do for everyone, but unless you like truly slow down and you're just grateful for whatever it is you have going on, whatever challenges you're facing, whatever opportunities you have ahead of you, Man, life is not nearly as abundant.
1: I like shit on gratitude a lot.
2: <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> not loud, but like to myself, like I'll be like, this isn't going to work. This isn't, but I do, it does, it usually does when I actually stop and I'm like grateful for stuff. I usually feel less hopeless. Yeah. But it does, that gratitude kind of is, it gets in the, it falls in the abundance category. For me, sometimes where I'm like, I've heard this so much that I'm like, how do I do it? And then I just get very resistant to doing it. But then when I do, I feel good.
0: Right. Yep. Like
1: that was such a nice way to start the episode, like saying out loud what we're grateful for. Sometimes I I like think it, but I don't say it, you know? But it really does, yep. it, it does like shift the mood.
0: For sure.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: What about you? Yeah. Gratitude
2: is very, it's very challenging to practice it really, you've got to really like make yourself do it. Um, But it's, it's pretty key. Honestly, I've found.
0: I think so too. And I think like it's one of those things where it's not enough to just do it in your head. Like that's something that you actually have to put out. Like, Cause I, every day I look around, and I'm like, of course I'm great. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for these two windows. I'm grateful for natural light. I'm, gra- I'm like, every morning I wake up and I'm like, look at that sun rays. I'm so grateful. But unless I write it down, I forget so quickly, like it's in one ear and out the other. So just writing it down and also, um, gratitude as like perspective shift, So not only being grateful for the things that like, duh, we're all grateful for nice houses and being able to move, but it's like Shane said, can you be grateful for the challenges? Can you be excited about the abundance of challenges and hardships that have shown up in your life to level you up? And that's a whole nother level of like really nailing gratitude and understanding abundance. Cause I think we all have an abundance of challenges in our lives. That we can either choose to rise to, or try to ignore, or try to eradicate, but really, usually the only way out is through. Ain't that the truth? All right. So the question: Am I abundant? Are you abundant? I I totally believe that I am abundant. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like in my life I have an abundance of choices, and sometimes to me that feels like the worst position to be in in the world. I'm like, why am I here? Somebody just make a decision for me somebody just tell me what to do and I'll do it if it w- if it makes it easy you know just like somebody make my life easier but then I'm like imagine if I didn't have any choices at all I'd probably blow my brains out. So I mean I do feel like I have an abundance of choices an abundance of challenges that I'm not quite ready to, face and I've been I've been dancing around them for a while and they've been giving me a lot of anxiety and I've I thought that I've been dealing with it but I've gotten to a point where I'm like I'm not actually coping with this that well anymore so (laughs) I need to figure something out about that but at the end of the day I really do believe that I've lived such an abundant life I feel like at this point in my life I've done more than some 80 year olds have done in their lifetime and yeah, I've hit a lot of <laughs> bumps in the road too, but like just looking at my life, I'm like, holy shit, this has been abundant. And I'm only 30. I have so much more to go. So hell yeah, I'm abundant. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily always grateful for it. And that's the sad part. I would like to be more grateful for the fact that I have a lot of things to do and accomplish and figure out in this life. And when I'm ready to do that, I think things will be great. (laughs) What about you, Taylor? Are you abundant?
1: Oh, I'm definitely abundant.
2: Wow. What an abundant bunch we are.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm super abundant in ideas. I have so many ideas all the time. Like, I think I come up with really creative solutions to things like back in the day when I had a job. Um, You know, like if we were going to if someone would even say event, like I would start having all of these ideas about like, oh, we could do this event and we could do this, we can invite them, this is how we could decorate. And um, I feel like I'm never lacking for like ideas or solutions. Like I never feel like something can't be solved, you know? Mm,
0: that's a beautiful like, feeling to have.
1: Yeah, I, feel, I definitely feel abundant in that. And I'm also very abundant in um, like coffee mugs. I have coffee (laughs) mugs in my house. Like, if you come over to my house, you, everybody, literally everybody could have coffee. I have so many.
2: Wow. Like, a variety of different types of coffee mugs? Like, a full collection?
1: So many. I have them from different places. I also collect Polish pottery, so I'm definitely abundant in that. Um, It's (laughs) Yeah, so I do. I have a lot of, like, Polish coffee mugs that are gorgeous, um, And I have like a lot of kitschy ones too that people have just like given me as gifts over the years, which I I just love. I love a good mug. I love giant, like big giant mugs that you could just like have soup in, you know? I love that. So yeah, I'm definitely abundant. And I also should be more grateful. I should express gratitude more often. Jay, we should just like make that a segment that we do. Oh my
0: God, we totally should. (laughs) At least then we know we're being gracious once a week. Yeah,
1: Oh amazing wow I feel like that was a great great chat went by so fast
2: yeah yeah it was a nice little chat
1: the funny thing too that I kept because we kept saying abundance so often and I just kept thinking of like cumberbuns
0: abundance is a weird
2: word yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah, when you say it it feels weird it's it feels weird coming out of the mouth yeah that might be another thing that trips me up
1: Yeah, I was like, I know I'm gonna just like cumberbund is gonna come out. (laughs) I'm definitely gonna mean to say abundance. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) on that note,
2: that's amazing. (laughs)
0: For full disclosure,
2: let's do it.
1: Yay!
0: Okay, I'm very excited for this.
2: Full disclosure.
0: I'm very excited for this because Shane's the first person. No, my sister. My sister works at a school, but. Shane is just corporate as fuck right now. So we're going to get some real deal businessman numbers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> corporate as fuck. I like that. You're,
0: pretty, you're corporate as fuck. It's Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty corporate for this day and age.
0: You want to ask the first question, Jay? Sure. How much money do you make?
2: Shane? <laughs> How did I guess that was going to be the first question? <laughs> um, so... I will tell you, um, and I will give you a little bit of, um, background on my job as I tell you. So I work in a, uh, pure sales role. Um, I make most of my money on commission and the amount of commission that I make is strictly a function of how much effort I put into my job. It's truly, you know, what, what we call in the, uh, in the in the sales world and eat what you kill sort of structure where um you know if you are sitting there not doing much um you make it like near the bottom of the range and then if you put a ton of time into it you're making lots more money um so the i'll give you kind of like ranges for um my my industry and these apply to me um, so we make a, um, a base salary that's normally low, um, six figures. So let's call it hundred K as a base salary per year. Um, and then the range, um, that, um, somebody who's at my level, uh, would make over the course of a year, depending on how the year goes, how much effort you put in, um, is between 200 and 400 K over the year. Um, and, uh, and again, that's, so it can also be higher than 400k. Um, that's you know, there's not like a cap. Um, you would needing to be seriously kicking ass in order to make that happen, though. Um, which I've never never broken above that uh, above that threshold, not yet. But uh, but yeah, it's a uh, sales is a very lucrative um, very lucrative um, job to have if you are up up to the challenges that it brings for sure.
1: Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Our next is usually we ask people about their like pricing structure because usually we're talking to people who uh, create their own pricing so it's a little different for you because you have like a base salary and you can make more than that commission and things like that did you negotiate to get to where you are or is it just some like do you know how it's gonna go
0: like can you decide how much money you make off commission that's what I want to know like how what if you can say what your percentage of commission is, because I know you sell like huge deals.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The um, I, I make 10% of everything that I bring in. Um, So uh, yeah, it's, that's the part that I have the most control over. Um, Once you enter a sales role, your base salary changes very little um, because you, you frankly just care about it less. Um, There's no like real, this is one of the great things about working in sales: is you you become very uninterested in things like promotions or um, raises, because your just innate ability to um, to find people who can buy from you and then get them to buy, um, and your ability to improve that will drive your your earnings up much more so than in. You know, a, a more kind of traditional role where you have like thresholds to meet, and you eventually get promoted, and and all that's all that stuff. That's you know one of the again one of the things that makes it great. It's um, you know the equal amount of opportunity for. Anybody who gets into the role, Um, it's very clear what you need to do in order to make more money.
0: I kind of love that. It's like because I think a lot of us think of sales as like the most cutthroat shit, Mm -hmm. but honestly, it's like the purest because it's like if you made that money, you earned that money. Yeah. Whereas, like, sometimes I see (laughs) some people just like sitting around on their fat asses in their offices, just like making a lot of money and like having assistance. And I'm like, you don't really do anything. And you mm-hmm. make so much money. So, you know, I respect, I respect the role of a sales, of, of someone in sales. Let's just yeah, say.
2: it's, it's really great training for starting your own business, honestly, because the flip side of making all that money is you also have a quota Um, you have a certain amount that you have to bring in every year or they can fire you. And so what that trains you to do is understand what it's like to need to make payroll right so if you have like this deadline you have to bring in a certain amount of money by and you're behind like you really feel how scary that is but you also if you get past it make a you know upsize share of the profits and what you get out of it exactly what you put into it's very similar to running a business albeit not nearly as um, big of a a risk um, obviously it's like kind of like training wheels
0: We've had this conversation so much, Shane. I think that your perspective can be very valuable to the coach, healer, person working in the wellness world who really fears selling. Yeah. (laughs) Like for me, it's the thing that I hate above and beyond all else about my job. I hate the selling. It hurts me to like step into, put myself into that situation. And what advice would you have for kind of melting away those huge blocks and fears that a lot of us have? That's a lot of the reason why some of us just never take off because we're unwilling to sell ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, first of all, recognizing that it's very hard to create uh, the the trade of money for any sort of service or good, um, whether that be marketing technology or um, wellness coaching, it's it's really hard because nobody wants to part with their money and nobody wants to have to ask for money. So first of all, acknowledging that is really, really critical. I mean, that's the reason why they build an entire job around it, right? Like, that's the reason why they have people who literally their entire job is just doing the part that nobody else wants to do that's asking for the money um, and it's not easy and it should never feel easy and if it does you're probably a sociopath <laughs> you also probably will be a very successful person if it feels easy for you but to most people it does not um, so uh, so recognizing that is is really important um, you also have to find what is inside of you that allows you to get past that and um that that is a journey that lasts forever really um you know for me it's we have um in in my job we have a uh, a product that works insanely well like you like anybody who brings us on normally gets promoted within like the next year or two because it just works that well um, it's also enormously expensive so up front it seems very very scary to both have to ask for that money um, from my my side but also to have to like find that money and pay to bring on a new partner from from their side and what gets me through that is just this like just this super confident knowledge that i am going to be able to help this person succeed and just knowing wholeheartedly that their life will be better once we're past this difficult part. Mm. And that's kind of what like propels me into it and, and gets me through it. And I think it, you can really adopt that in in coaching as well. Right. Because like I, you know, thinking about my work with my therapist, like if that guy asked me to pay me like four times what I'm paying him now, I'd probably do it. It's just like, it's the benefit that I get out of it in life is worth it that much. Um, and you just have to know that and and remember that always and, you know, be uncompromising about that. Um, and if you are kind of getting down to the line of, should I just give it away or should I really make somebody pay for it? Um, you should know that if one person won't pay for it, then somebody else will. Um, and uh, it's, it's important to kind of remember that when you're trying to decide what sort of business you want to run? The answer to that question is obviously not so clear whether or not you should give it away um, and whether or not that's the ethical thing to do in your line of work, but people will pay for it and they will be happy to pay for it. And they probably would pay you more than you're going to end up asking them for. Um, So, so remember that and let, let that carry you through. It's a sacred thing. It really is being able to kind of transact um, something that's valuable to both sides and very, very important. So don't forget that.
0: Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that, Shane. I think mm-hmm. that will help a lot of people. Yeah, people good. Um, but okay. Yeah. The next question was what are your spending habits and what is your biggest expense?
2: Yeah. So pre-COVID um, <laughs> my, uh, my biggest expense was definitely on travel. Like you, I would spend so much money just, like, on a whim, on travel, like, going places, doing things while traveling to those places. Travel is really, really expensive. Um, but now, honestly, it's probably on, like, ordering food. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to spend, like, money on anything that's fun these days. So, yeah, not 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 as interesting. Certainly, moving across the East Coast twice was not cheap. Um, but... You know, the, my most recent expense, um, which I'm really happy about was um, my uh, real estate broker was very expensive, but found me an amazing apartment. So gr- grateful for that one. Um, but I certainly do miss spending a lot of money at travel.
0: Okay, here, the, but on the top part of the question is what are your spending habits? And honestly, <laughs> I want to know the spending habits of someone who truly has an abundance of money. Do you put a lot in stocks? Do you save a lot of money? Do you have like a plan? Or is it just like, Oh, money is infinite. Because like, I think when you're talking to people who just don't have that much money, our spending habits are all frugal. Like I talk about Yeah, I spend a lot of money on food, but like still frugal, like, If I had all the money that I could spend on food, it would be a really scary, crazy amount of money. But I just like don't have that amount of money. But like, what is it like for you? Are you like thinking a lot about money and being like, I shouldn't spend on this. This is too expensive. Or do you just like not have those kind of like holdbacks because you're just sitting comfortably?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not sure how happy I am about this, but it's more so the latter. Like I more so don't think about it all that much which I think is pretty common for somebody to go, you know, from, I don't, I don't come from money. I think it's common for somebody who goes from like not having a lot of money to having a lot of money and then just being like, I don't want to think about this anymore. So I'm just going to like go about life and feel financially free. Um, And you still, you know, thankfully, gratefully, like, end up with money to save. Like, it's a great position to be in. But I, I'm i kind of getting to the point now where I feel like I should be much more intentional and think about it more because, uh, you know, I certainly save money, but I would like to save more of it.
0: Thank you for sharing that, honestly, because mm-hmm. I came at you with that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you come at me for everything, Jen. I
1: really <laughs> do. question. <laughs> What is your favorite thing you've spent money on recently?
2: When I was in Miami, I bought a really cool white Vespa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, me and Taylor are both cracking up. You bought a Vespa? Yeah. Where is it now?
2: I just sold it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I could cruise around Miami in it? Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm
0: that's something I would have loved to see you in all white on a white Vespa that's like kind I mean, of how I imagine you without even knowing that you had the white Vespa.
2: yeah a lot of people saw it I'm sad that you didn't you were supposed to come visit me and then you didn't I know
0: but then like COVID was so real and nothing happened this year and we'll just have to fly to Miami together when like we can yes and it will just be a vacation
2: yes I'm always down for that
0: but you know what Shane thank you so much for sharing uh, for sharing what what I believe was really a unique perspective on this podcast and also for being our first male guest. Am I? Wow.
2: Yes. I'm honored that's so cool. Well, hopefully I won't be the last.
0: I mean, hopefully not, but yeah. not many men in my life want to talk about spirituality with me, so I'm I'm grateful for you. let's do what's the vibe what's the vibe we made it every time we make it i'm like we did it
2: <laughs> and here we are
0: what's the vibe? vibe what's the vibe shane
2: oh what's my vibe right now it's a lot of vibes right now my vibe right now is new york city mm. which is kind of rock and roll <laughs> but it's also like you know it's also like emotional too and like fast paced and furious yeah but also like very tense and like full like also very full of life there's a lot that goes into it it's hitting me all very hard right now i've only been back in the city for 24 hours so there's just a lot of a lot of vibes
1: we're definitely on a very similar wavelength because that is also new york city is my vibe this week
2: oh wow tell me more
1: i've been like saving this for the end because I've, I mean, we're having like a different New York experience, but uh, so I'll tell you my whole life story right now. Oh. I wanted to be on Broadway and oh. I went to school for musical theater and I've been, uh, so I'm house sitting, right? And the first night we were here, we watched West Side Story, which is like, that's one of my favorite musicals of all time. And it's, so, it's just so New York. And then we woke up the next day and- Put on the original cast recording of Hair mm. and um, I was just like really getting very nostalgic about like all the times I went to New York as a kid and all the shows on Broadway that I used to go see and um, like I just keep thinking like oh I can't wait to go back to New York and I started watching Gossip Girl and I've just been like in this su- I've been in such a like New York wow world. and the last time I went to New York I actually had a terrible trip like, one of the worst trips I've ever had in my life, like, not just to New York, but to anywhere, and it made me think that I hated New York. Wow. Years of growing up wanting to live there, and I always thought, I feel like I'm too old for it now, but I always thought, like, oh, one day I'll move to New York, and, uh, that was my plan originally when I came to LA was like I'm gonna live in LA for a little bit and then I'm gonna go move to New York but then I got to LA and it was just so nice here like yeah sunny. you gotta do New York first yeah you
2: do that
1: was the problem like I so I moved to LA when I was 18 and I should have moved to New York when I was 18 and now I'm 28 and I'm like there's no way in hell I'm leaving Los Angeles
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's really nice to go to New York when you don't have money and you don't care. And you're like, I'll sleep on the floor. I'll do this. But then you get to a certain point in your life where you're like, I'm not fucking living with these cockroaches and rats just to live in the greatest city in the world. It's like, (laughs) give me space.
1: (laughs) Has been on my mind, like endlessly. Like, I feel like I cannot consume enough New York, like, and I, yeah like when everything is open it's the first place I'm going and I want to stay for like a
0: month like oh my god we we should go you if you see me and Shane hanging out you'll be like what the fuck is wrong with these people
2: (laughs) these lunatics
0: (laughs) literally I can't
1: can't wait for Broadway to like come back and I just want to I want to go see every single thing and just like have a New York
0: time okay what's your vibe vibe. my vibe (laughs) it's so like trending on netflix but my vibe is the queen's gambit oh yeah and chess
2: (laughs) 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 it's this
0: it's this new series on netflix starring anya taylor joy who i'm now in love with and i think she's just the most cutest doll to ever have existed and graced hollywood And I love her to death, but it's like about this child chess prodigy. And so naturally, of course, I start watching the show and I'm like, I'm going to become a chess prodigy. So I downloaded some apps.
2: (laughs) Wait, Jade, you want to play chess? Oh my God,
0: absolutely. I'm going to send you a link in in text and we're going to play over text because I've been text chessing with friends and I've been playing against the computer. I suck. I really suck. There is nothing like a game of chess to remind you just how uncreative your brain can be <laughs> like it is wild the amount like i look at the board and i see blank i'm like i don't see anything i don't see the next step i don't see i, don't, I can't even find the threats it's so hard but i'm like really trying to challenge myself to like get like semi-mediocre at chess and i've been teaching myself opening theories and i really i do the opening and then i'm like now what do i do someone tell me what's next And (laughs) at a certain point you just have to get creative and i'm like i'm not there yet but i'm hoping i get there but i'm thinking that i'm gonna devote a solid month to this and then in december i'm be like fuck chess i hate that game (laughs) but right now it's all the rage so like hit me up now while i'm still in like this chess frenzy knowing that soon it will be gone like every other passion i've ever had in my life <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe we can try to make this one sustainable because playing chess is really fun and
0: you would love chess <laughs> I also so share, multifaceted.
2: like like taylor shared um, her vibe with mine i'm sharing this one with you too i also just saw the queen's gambit and absolutely loved it and also was like i'm going to be a chess prodigy now <laughs> like that's my life calling everything else has been fake
0: (laughs) totally it makes you want to be a chess prodigy and then I'm like oh it's only 20 years no 25 years too late but it's okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) and also it's not a true story which is very interesting you watch it and you're like wow this must be a true story but it's not yeah,
0: Such, it was so good. It was really good. I highly recommend the show. And at first, I was like, "Chess, the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Then I was like, "Whatever, I'll watch it." And I could not. I had to start rationing one episode per day, otherwise, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna be done in a day.
2: Yeah, I actually started reading the book.
0: Ooh, I should do that too.
2: Yeah, you should. It's interesting because like the the series is very long. It's like ten episodes or something. The book is like two hundred pages. And they get all of it into the 200 pages. It's like very, moves very rapidly.
0: Wow. I love that. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to read that. Yeah. When you're done with that,
1: you can get back on the Broadway vibe and listen to the cast recording of Chess. Oh, is that a Broadway show? Yeah. It's from the eighties. It's pretty bad. But if you're like, if you just want to keep your Chess vibe going, you can do that.
0: I'm in it. You know I'm here for any musical theater. I'm down.
1: <laughs> Some good fives. Okay, this was so fun. Yeah, this was fun. Do you want our listeners to connect with you or no?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially especially if there are other coaches interested in um, learning more about how to be effective at sales.
0: Love that. Mm-hmm. You can find Shane on Instagram. It's MickWillX.
2: Yeah. Yeah. M-C-W-I-L-X.
0: m-c-w-i-l-x okay M-C-W-I-L-X. Correct. At X.
2: Mm-hmm. I should change that.
0: <laughs> that we all come to that point <laughs> we're like yeah. uh... okay
1: well great we'll find you on instagram and if anyone wants to connect with shane you can find him there
2: yes absolutely yeah. well, this was awesome you guys are fantastic and i love your show and thank you for having me on
1: Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll have will have you back sometime.
2: Absolutely, yeah, anytime.
1: Amazing. Wonderful. <laughs> what a show. That was great. Yeah, that was so nice. All right, well, um, let us know how you feel about abundance. Let us know if you hate business. <laughs> <laughs> let us know um, if you have more questions or... If you think we should cover this again, if there are things we missed, if there are things that, that just need more unpacking, you know, these episodes are, they see, I was going to say, like, they're short, even though this is, like, two hours. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, we can't always say it all every time, but I hope that we can say what needs to be said, so let us know.
0: Especially on the topic of abundance. Yeah. It's a huge thing to cover, and... I mean, I think this, it it was like kind of like money stories part two, and this will continue to come up. This narrative weaves its way into almost all of these conversations around accessibility and things that are accessible. I mean, things that we access usually are accessed for a fee. So this comes up a lot and I'm glad that we can have these conversations around money and Honestly, it doesn't feel like it's getting easier to talk about it, but I I must assume that it is because we're doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, this will definitely be easier to edit than Money Story. (laughs) So I feel like we, that's honestly a big step in the right direction. Huge. For sure. Well, I guess that's all. Let us just let us know how you're doing and what's going on. And if there's any way we can support you, you can always find us on Instagram at Vibes Revealed on Twitter at vibes revealed and you can email us vibes podcast at gmail.com lovely yay okay well talk to you all next week
0: we will see you soon love you love you bye bye